De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to talk about the end of the lead-centered go-to-market paradigm. Joining us is Don Opvos, who is the VP of Revenue Operations at Lean Data which provides modern revenue orchestration for today's growth leaders. So far this week, Don and I have talked about is the MQL dead. Yes, Don, the MQL is dead. And today we're going to wrap up our conversation by talking about what is the B2B revenue waterfall? Okay, here's my conversation with Don Opfos, the VP of RevOps at Lean Data. Don, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. Good to be back. I have to tell you, my favorite episodes are always the episodes where we declare something to be dead. It feels so fantastically final and satisfying on some level. We're going to get away from that, though. We're not going to spend time talking about death. We're going to talk about the birth of this new concept. It has different names. It was originally known by, or actually put out there in the market by Serious Decisions as the Demand Unit Waterfall. It's getting a lot of steam, Don. It's been recently rebranded as the B2B Revenue Waterfall. But it really pivots off the conversation we had yesterday, which is organizations need to make a transition because the lead-centered approach is not working. Marketing organizations are spinning up a bunch of resources that are not producing pipeline, which means sales is not getting fed. So what are the alternatives? We talked a bit yesterday about account-based, and we spent a little time actually talking about the B2B revenue waterfall. And I have to say, Don, I feel like the two are somewhat connected. We talked about yesterday on the account-based motion, which is incredibly popular. There's a whole industry built around it, lots of tools. We talked about how that helps sales and marketing organizations get together and actually focus on the right thing, which is the account as opposed to trying to generate a lead or a contact. So the demand unit waterfall, the B2B revenue waterfall, it's got a little bit different of a flavor to it. It effectively says, hey, guess what, guys? What you need to be focusing on is the demand unit. So help people understand what exactly is a demand unit, Don? What is that? Yeah, I mean, I think what the demand unit is, it is a buying group within an organization, right? So if you think about it, if you have a transactional sale and you're selling to a small company, your demand unit is probably one, right? If you are selling a more complicated product or maybe not as complicated product, but you're selling to a larger organization, you probably have multiple demand units within that organization. And the way I like to think of it is like in B2B, like when I've worked at other other organizations, you know, we you know, sell a contract to, let's say, I don't know, Cisco, right? Woohoo, Cisco's a customer. They spent 10K with us, but they're a customer, right? (laughs) But but, but that was one demand unit within Cisco. You know, there's probably, depending depending on your solution, 
a lot of other demand units within Cisco that you could be marketing to, that you could be selling to. So determining how, not just how you market to them, but how you sell to them or what that motion looks like, you, you begin to really understand, oh yeah, you're right. You know, there is this demand unit that exists and that I need to identify who are those people, who are those, you know, identities that put those personas within an organization that might fall under a different demand unit within a larger organization. Because, you know, you may have sold to Cisco, but maybe you just sold to Cisco in San Jose. Well, there's a whole another demand unit in their large office in Raleigh that you might be able to sell to, or maybe their European headquarters. You know, there, there, there's a lot of buying groups within these large organizations that could be customers of your product that don't even know you exist. So how do you market to that? How do you penetrate that market with your message and, and you know, with your, with your product? That, that's really, I think, what it is. So a demand unit is a group of employees, maybe even potentially consultants and contractors, that have come together around a common purpose, which is solving a problem. And they solve that problem through buying software and services. That's the demand unit. That's it. Okay. That's it. And so a sales organization might look at that and be like, duh, we've been doing this for a long time. Get the economic buyer, right? We've got all the folks that typically go into that grouping, if you will. So it's it's a way of saying to marketing, hey guys, this is this is how people buy software. So recognize that. So I got that piece. That makes sense to me, Don. So there's also this idea of a waterfall. And I have a feeling this relates to our conversation yesterday where we talked about, hey, how are we dealing with that inbound funnel? Well, please don't use MQLs. My sense overall is that that waterfall is probably very similar in that you have at the beginning, at the top of the waterfall, this is my recalling the demand unit waterfall. And by the way, I don't think it should have been rebranded at the revenue waterfall. Having said that, at the top, I've got to believe you've got a target demand unit, right? I know because I have intent data that there is a demand. There are folks that are showing up on my website, other competing websites, and they're showing activity that says that there's somebody that with a problem and there is a group that has gotten organized around it. And at the bottom is that demand unit decides to make a decision, a selling decision. That's really all we're talking about. At the end of the day, I think that's it, right? So like, I think when you look at these intent tools and you have somebody who's not a customer, like you're not selling to a Cisco, you know, you will see that you have, you know, different locations driving the intent. And it's really incumbent upon, like once you have activated that account and said, hey, you know, sales, you need to go after this account. Once they do that, it's really a partnership between sales and marketing to figure out, you know, who are the right people? How are they associated within these demand units in this large organization? And then how do you, how do you market to them? How do you sell to them from a, from a sales development and AE perspective? Okay, that makes sense to me. And, and I would say, and again, I'm going to bring this back to Forrester and the folks at Serious Decisions in the past who have said that they really feel like the account-based motion, this whole industry that's growing up, is likely not to be around in a few years. And the reason they're saying that is, again, it's too macro, right? We need to find a place that's in between. And what I think is really interesting is that I think that place in between is the B2B revenue waterfall. It's the demand unit waterfall. Because what does it do? It takes this abstract idea of an account and it actually puts a buying group in the middle that says, guess what? There's a buying group within these larger accounts. And as we know, Don, enterprise accounts, you brought up Cisco, not sure how many lines of businesses they have. I'm going to venture it's probably more than 20 lines of businesses. Oh, enormous. Yeah, easily. 
you think of all the acquisitions they've had, and a lot of these acquisitions stay as independent organizations, right? Like they bought Meraki, they bought what, Open DNS, they bought Thousand Eyes. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on, right? And it's very typical that that organization stays intact under the the Cisco umbrella, you know. They bought umbrella, right? I mean, it's like you think about it. Like, <laughs> there's only, you know, and and so you know, you look at you if you take the demand unit approach, each of those organizations and end up as potential demand units under Cisco, right? So when you're when you're trying to market to them, you need to think about that in your approach. So so what you're saying is, you know, it's not really an account based execution against Cisco. It's a demand unit execution against all of these, you know, previous, you know, independent companies that now make up Cisco that could potentially make their own purchasing decisions. Okay, so we've got the theory, I think, down pretty well. There's this kind of fuzzy concept of the waterfall, to be sure, but we know at the top there's a target account. We know at the bottom there's an engaged customer account. In other words, they've actually decided to buy a product or a service, and we can probably fill in the blanks there. But the piece I, I want to understand, Don, is how does this work in a Salesforce world, right? Ah. So we trash the lead. It's poor lead, right? Trashed it completely. And we're talking about a demand unit, but how do we represent this in Salesforce? There's no leads anymore. You mentioned this to me a week ago or so. But you talked about it being opportunity-centered. Is that the idea here, the opportunity object? Well, yeah. I mean, so I mean, here, here's the problem. Yes, it's opportunity centered, right? Why, why is it opportunity centered? That's the standard object in, in Salesforce everyone uses, right? But if you don't have what is uh, called an opportunity at your organization, if you're looking, maybe Cisco has never bought before, you're not going to really, you're not going to create an opportunity at, at a z- stage zero and have it sitting there and, and use that as your data point to market against, Right. So, like one of the things you could think about from a Salesforce perspective is well, maybe I need to create a demand unit object. Right. Maybe I have an object that's a custom object that lives in Salesforce. And that's where I, you know, house all of my data about what I know of a particular demand unit buying group. And then I do all my relations back to Salesforce and against the other objects against what I'm finding out and what I discover in, in the marketing journey. I'm going to blow your hair back here, Don. You ready? Okay. You ready? Okay, yeah. uh, folks, Don has no hair, just so you know. <laughs> Here's what large organizations like Siemens would recommend, right? Because you said something really interesting. You said, gosh, if you don't have demand already, if you're not established that somebody's interested, why would you have a stage zero opportunity? In other words, a very early opportunity. Why would you create it? Like our CRO, Steve, Steve, is our, Steve DeMarco is our CRO. He would kill me if we created all these stage zero opportunities, right? <laughs> He would be unhappy. I would agree. He'd be unhappy. But here's what Siemens would say, Don. Right? Siemens is no small organization. They are certainly familiar with lots of complexity. What they would say is, actually, we don't agree with you, Don. We believe that you could, not only could you, that marketing should create an opportunity. And that's going to be a target opportunity. That opportunity is going to represent an account that has a lot of potential. We actually want marketing to own the opportunity object and what we want them to hand off. I know, done, hair, blown, back, right? So <laughs> a stage negative one. <laughs> a, a marketing screen opportunities, something is wrong, right? So what they, they would say is you're going to start with an opportunity and that is a target opportunity that indicates that marketing has said, you know what? There's a demand unit in this line of business at Cisco that is showing interest or, Don, this is where we bring account-based into play. 
Or guess what? We know that there's one in there and we're going to go get them. So we're going to create an opportunity, yeah. a target opportunity. And guess what? Once we have proven that we've created some traction with that opportunity, we're going to hand that off to sales. We've got four people that we've had contact with. And guess what? The leader of the demand unit now wants a meeting. Sales, guess what? It is a marketing qualified, or is your head spinning done? Marketing qualified opportunity we're handing you. And that marketing qualification sets up a deal because guess what? We've engaged with four people and we actually have a meeting that we're going to set up for you guys. And guess what? It's a deal. So Siemens would actually disagree and say that marketing needs to own opportunities. Now, Steve DeMarco just heard this and had a small aneurysm, right? But, but that's, <laughs> right. that's what Forrester is saying to us is that this is how you bridge the gap between a lead-centered world and an account-centered world. So my argument there would be having it as a, let's say it's a, like we, we call it this demand unit object. It gives you a lot more flexibility within Salesforce as to what the definition is of what you're trying to track and, and report on, right? Because if you think about the way that opportunities are used, you know, it's typically sales is the owner. And a lot of what is in there is going to be things like quotes and dollar amounts and, you know, commit, forecast, you know, pipeline. It's all these things that are very sales focused. Whereas I think of what you've described as this, you know, you know, we should create this, you know, low stage opportunity for marketing. I think there's a lot of different things you're going to want to see and track and look at. And that's why I would think you would have it as a, a demand unit object as a custom object. But that said, I could also see where maybe you expand the opportunity object and you add a section that is just dedicated to marketing and you're looking at all the things that you want to around a demand unit of aligning account contacts and, and people and their activity and what campaigns they're a part of and when did they ask for a meeting and things along those lines. I could see it either way. Yeah, I get it. And I have to say, you know, those early stage opportunities, I'm pretty sure, Don, you would figure out a way to make sure that marketing could not assign a value to that opportunity. <laughs> I, I, would, I would figure a way. I, I could figure Right. Hey, Steve, guess what? We're talking about Steve DeMarco or CRO. Hey, Steve, guess what? We had 20 million in pipeline last quarter. That was amazing. <laughs> no, 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 Doug. We will not associate any value to these deals until we get a meeting. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, Don, thanks. Oh, as always, great conversation. Really enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks for joining us today. You bet. Okay. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Don Offos, VP of RevOps at Lean Data for joining us. If you would like to contact Don, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit our company website at leandata.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet, and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button, your podcast app. And we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, 
keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. 